title of my message is The Shift is Here. The Shift is Here. Last year at this time, <clears throat> I prophesied a coming shift. I don't know if you remember it or not, but it was in October, and, and the Lord spoke through me, and he said, people, my church needs to shift gears now. They need to go from survival mode to, to uh, going out mode. They need to move from passive to attacking. Uh, they need to move from passive to prayer. And, and he was just trying to, to get us to shift the way we think, to go from just surviving and getting to church and trying to live right to actually becoming what the church is supposed to be. It's supposed to have, it's supposed to be an overcoming kingdom. We are supposed to have dominion. We're supposed to walk in the light and the darkness flees us. And so that, that shift that I prophesied about, I didn't even know what it was. But I heard other people in Elijah List and better men than I am that also prophesied that, that a shift is coming. And basically to me, it's going from being on the defense to going on the attack. And so God has been doing some purging and, and preparing, and, and I know that's not easy. But I just want to say this morning, the shift is here. The shift is here. I want to read this, and I had it up there because I want you to get it. I want you to read it. I want you to believe it for yourself. This is probably one of the most powerful prophetic words that I've ever prophesied, and it's to the church, and, and it just says, open doors. Doors of adventure are opening. Doors that you will go through when you will laugh again. And you will rediscover me and you'll find I've not been taking you in circles and putting you in endurance race. But I say go to you for I've proved you and I have tested you with a purpose and now I am releasing you into those meadows of the Spirit, into those places that men have never walked before, says the Lord. And you will laugh and you will talk about it with others and it will strengthen you. Just last night, Bruno and his wife, Deb, come up from New York or from Jersey. And we've had some times together, and we started a steak club, I guess it is. And so we all went out and had steak. Well, most of us had steak. But we talked, and we laughed, and we had hope. And we had a blast talking about the things. There was an excitement. I just sat there and realized people are talking, and there's hope. Tump's not God. Far from it. But there's hope in this country again. There's, a, there's something in the church that's been released, and we've got to grab hold of it. And, and I'm just, you know, I preached a hard message last year to get people to change some things, but we did it. We've done it. When Pastor Sean said, what do you think about helping me with the uh, ministerium? I kind of chuckled. I said, are you kidding? How many of you were at the unity meeting? God has used this man to bring together the pastors, he's brought the old ones in, or the, he's taken, brought some new people in and some old people, and, and that thing was life. 300 people in unity, speaking life, and that was because you were willing to go into a dead zone and make it happen. Amen? And, and God opened the door, and there's doors for every one of you that are waiting, and God is opening them, and the only question is, will you go through them or not? Nikki Schrader and her husband. We meet every Tuesday or once in a while just to see what's going on. We, we just meet and 
He told me a miraculous thing about three weeks ago that somebody from Tawanda who's a Christian, a principal or a superintendent or is a superintendent of Tawanda, is that it? Listen to this. The superintendent of Tawanda called him and said, I want you to get into this program and get your principal's degree. And he says, why is that? She said, because God has told me that it's time to put people in high positions in the schools and in the businesses and take charge of that and have dominion of the schools. Isn't that cool? I mean, what a game plan. What did uh, history, history makers go out into the businesses, right? Go out, go out and start something where there's a need. Uh, cowboy church came out of that. Amen? God is opening doors, doors of adventure. They're fun. They're not drudgery. And all this is happening, church. It's happening. Second part, I'll bring back the word of testimony as a weapon, says the Lord. The words of testimony of my people will be a weapon that shall conquer demons and conquer regions. The testimonies will go out like the sword, says the Lord, and my people will spend hours talking about what Jesus Christ has done for them through the Spirit of the living God and the blood of the Lamb, and I'm seeing it happen. I saw it happen last night when we were together. I saw it happen Friday night when we had the Shabbat. God just did all these, and I'm just sitting there because he's doing it. Doors are opening, says the Lord, Explore them. Have fun with them. I hate that word. Take your neighbors through them. Take people that are weary and lost and pull them along with you. The Lord says we'll come into a new spring of the Spirit. We'll come into a new place that the church has never trod before, says the Lord, because of your faithfulness. You said those dusty trails, they were just so long. Why did we have to walk them so long? Yet you say the new trails you shall walk shall wipe away the tears, wipe away the old trails, Wipe away your fears and your doubts of me, and I will embrace you, says the Lord. Isaiah prophesied about the coming of Jesus Christ as the baby, the coming king. There was many prophecies about Jesus Christ was coming as the baby. Uh, Christ was going to be born. But things that people don't understand, he also prophesied about the second coming of Jesus Christ probably more than any of the major prophets. And there's four, and I'm not going to go over them, but there's four scriptures and places in Isaiah where he's talking about Jesus Christ coming the second time. I'm just going to hit one of those, and it's in uh, Isaiah 58, 12, because this is what, the shift is here. It's not coming, it's here. You've went through some, some, some hard times Sometimes you thought you were dead. Sometimes you wished you were dead. You've went through problems with, with, with relationships and you thought, everybody but me, you felt like you were always on the outside looking in and you stayed and you, you were faithful. This is what God says today to us. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. This is our scripture for this church. We're forerunners for what God's going to do all over. Can you say amen? As for me, this is 59.21, As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. 
A covenant is an unending relationship that he never breaks, though we broke them all the way through history of the church. My spirit is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. And, you know, I'd like to say I researched this and spent hours in the Hebrew and the Greek. God laid this on me in 10 minutes. I opened the Bible and he just started downloading. That's a lot better anyway. Wouldn't you rather have the Lord download into you? And that's what he wants to do. He wants to move. He wants to speak to you. He wants to talk to you. Yes, you. Doesn't matter who you are, where you are, or what you are. He wants to talk. He's talking. The question is, are we listening? Are we listening? That's what determines how far you go. Isaiah 62, and I want to give you five things that God spoke to me that is happening right now. It's not coming because the shift is here. It's, it's here. The open doors are here. I've seen so many of them uh, around uh, that are happening already. The word of testimony is a weapon. Five things. Verse 1 and 2 of 62. Now this is happening. This is a word for the church. This is a word for you. This is what God is doing right now. He's putting power in the word of testimony. We're probably going to have to have a testimony service about once a month where there's no preaching, just people got to come up and share what's, what God's done for them. Amen? The first one is, is in verse 1. He's coming as fire. That's the first one. He's coming as fire. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. He's talking about the church. Can you say amen? For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness and all kings your glory. And you shall be called a new name which the name of the Lord will name. He's coming as a fire. He's coming. I keep hearing this. I heard it in prayer today. We should be driving back the darkness. And I'm starting to see it. I hate Halloween. Absolutely hate Halloween because of what I've endured in past years with it. But the fact that the church went out and brought light to a nasty holiday, I thought was cooler than heck. Amen? They went out and brought light. They Gave out cider, they gave out candy, they got one first place to pro. Instead of run from it, they went out and blew the darkness away from it a little bit. Can you say amen? I mean, I heard you today praying, God, it's time for us not to hide, but to push away. the Darkness always has to run from light. That's just a universal principle. Every time there's darkness, uh, it'll stay that way, but when the light shines, it has to go. It's just a universal principle. That's why God is getting the church out of the church and into the world uh, through these history makers and, and other things. There's a dozen other things going on that God is using to get us out. 
but he's coming as a fire. And the Lord showed me there's two major fires. There's a refiner's fire. Anybody been through that? And boy, does that burn. You just, every evil thing, every, you just, sometimes just, God, give me a break. Anybody been there? I can't go any farther. I don't want to go any farther. Just let me die and go to heaven. You've been there in the past 15 years? And you think, and most of us, we, we just think God does it because we were bad. No, it's, you're not bad. God does it because if he's going to pour his power out, he needs a vessel that can contain it. What do they do when they want strong vessels? They put it in the fire. They put it in the cool. They put it in the fire. They put it back in the water. And it hardens it and it makes it pure. It gets the dross out. You're not going to remember the old trails if you'll just hang in there. The old trails aren't going to have any power over you. God will turn those, those scabs into scars. And, and you'll just say, well, I remember when this happened, but God helped me out of it. And now it's a scar, and I've learned from it, and I can show you how he works. Amen? I got a scar right there. And every time I see it in the mirror, <laughs> every time I see it in the mirror, <laughs> I say, Mark, don't jump on the bed. That was my most favorite thing to do when I was 5, 6, 15, no. Uh, was jump up and down on the bed. I was an astronaut. I was a pole baller. I mean, the bed was just... And my mother always said, Mark, if you don't start jumping on the bed, you're going to get hurt. And I thought, okay, one more time. And I jumped as high as I could. I almost hit my head on the ceiling. Bounced, and on the edge of the bed, you know, there's the, the footboard, and it was square. It caught my eye right on the edge of it. If it had been another half inch, I'd be talking to you like a pirate. But you, you, you learn the lessons, and even today, I don't jump on beds anymore. <laughs> Amen? But he's coming. There's the refiner's fire. We've been through that. We've been through it. It served its purpose. Now the fire's coming that we've been waiting for. Remember those apostles after Jesus Christ was crucified? God didn't do anything like he thought they would. Remember? They were thinking, God, are we going to take our place in Israel? Are we going to rule now? And even though he told them, I've got to go, when he died, they were frightened. The dream was over. What did they do finally? They got together in unity. And the 120 got in that room, and they didn't know what to do, so they prayed. And then Pentecost came, tongues of fire. And that represented power, and from that day on, the church would never be the same. And I'm saying that God is doing that same thing. The fire of God is falling again right now on the church, and we're going to go out in power. Never the same. Number two, verse four and five, you shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land anymore be termed desolate. But you should be called Hezbollah and your land Beulah, for the Lord delights in you. For the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. As For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall your sons marry you. As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. And to me, that's just saying God is coming 
and, and he's referring to the marriage supper. And when I read about the marriage supper, what is it? The marriage is a time of intimacy, isn't it? Right? The time of a man and a woman that have been together uh, and then apart. They finally come together completely, never to leave each other. They come to, to, to be one, and, and there's, there's intimacy between a man and a woman. And God said, no longer are we going to be forsaken and desolate. He gave me a, priv a preview of the marriage supper, and he said, there's going to be an intimacy between the bride, who's the bride? We are and the bridegroom that's never been before. And let's face it, intimacy is power. It's power. When two were working together rather than struggling, if you've ever been in a, in a bad relationship, it's horrible. You're always either struggling to try to fix somebody or try to do this, and God's saying, there's going to be a level of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And when I heard that, I just... Because there's nothing else, nothing else I want. I don't want to have to wait till I'm dead in a box and people are eating potato salad and lying about what a nice guy I was. You know, I want I want to experience God now. I want an intimacy with Him now. When I'm up there, I'm sure it'll be wonderful. But I need Him now for the challenges ahead. And He says, I'm going to be there, coming as a fire, which is power. And I'm coming with an intimacy, which is power. Third thing is, this is for the prayer warriors, if I can see it. Verse 6 and 7 says, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never, I said, they shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent. And give him no rest till he establishes prayer warriors, until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. In other words, God's, God spoke to me and he says, you don't have to tell them to get into prayer because they've been in it. I remember a year ago and I was frustrated, upset, because there weren't people praying. And, and the amount of prayer that goes up determines the amount of anointing that goes down. Can you say Amen. And when there's no prayer going up, there's not much anointing coming down. And last year, there was, this year, we're, we're getting chairs all the time. People in there praying, it's tripled. And by the way, if you cater, care to pray, you're more than welcome. You don't have to be a superstar. All you have to do is want a willingness to go in and plead and pray. So don't give up, Lisa. Don't give up, Sharon. Don't give up those of you that are praying. I know it's hard work. Sit there and pray and pray and pray. But it's coming to pass. The prayers of a year ago are coming to pass. Can you say amen? So I just say, God says, press in. Continue. Uh, don't give up. And I've seen prayer. There's all kinds of prayer meetings now going on all over the place. People have caught the vision. They're willing to turn off the TV and come and pray. Because they sense something. Number four is eight and nine. The church is going to start conquering the enemy. Not just defending itself. It's going to start pushing back the enemy. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by the arm of his strength 
Surely I will no longer give your grain as food for your enemies, and the sons of the foreigner shall not drink your new wine, for which you all have labored. But those who have gathered it shall eat it and praise the Lord. Those who have brought it together shall drink it in my holy courts. I think this has to do with finances. Because I don't know about you, but man, finances have been so hard for us. And I think there's probably people here and you're saying, geez, I tithe, I do the right thing. Well, I think God is going to break that loose for us. And I'm not saying, you know, we're all going to be millionaires because I've already got that slot. My name's in there. But we need, if God is doing this, don't we need finances to run a kingdom? Right? We're not beggars. And we just need to begin to press in and pray for finances to be released for whatever God has for you. So, and I believe that God is saying uh, the church is going to conquer the enemy. I think we're going to see breakthroughs uh, maybe like we've never seen before. And like I said, I'm not a prosperity preacher, but we all need it. We got bills to pay. And the last one is verse 10 to 12. This is take the land, and this is to the remnant. And there's a lot of churches that aren't going to be able to take the land. There's a lot of people that aren't going to be able to take the land because they're not part of the remnant. They're not plugged in all the way. God says he wants everything. He's a jealous God. And if you're not, and I don't mean perfect. I mean plugged in, plugged in. The remnant. Let me just let me share this, and you'll see what I'm going. Go through. Go through the gates. See, the gates are opening. This is your chance to change your way of thinking about being a survivor or to get your mind off uh, my 401k or your kids. Who do you think gave you those kids? Don't you think he's going to take care of them? Don't you think he loves them kids more than you do? But they can actually be an idol. Ooh, that got silent. God's a jealous God. God is a jealous God. And if we'll go through these open doors, he'll take care of things. Go through, go through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway. Take out the stones. Lift up a banner for the peoples. Indeed, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the world, say to the daughter of Zion, the church, surely your salvation is coming. Behold, I like this. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. And they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you shall be called, sought out, a city not forsaken. That's us, Sean. That's Canton. That's the region. That's the region. We did a prophetic act three years ago and carried rocks to the four corners of the, of the county. Probably some people thought that's the dumbest thing they ever heard. But I think you have to speak it, act upon it, and then the Lord will bring it. Amen? Jesus spoke the world into existence, and he's going to speak, but we've got to be with him. We should be ahead of the world, not with the world. The church should be a prophetic people. Really, because we got the truth. But we get weighed down by the world, weighed down by the devil, and weighed down by your worst enemy. 
you know who your worst enemy is? I can't do this. I'm no good. I've got problems. I've got responsibilities. I've got, I've got, I can't, I can't. You need to start telling yourself, I can't, but he can. And if he can, then I can. And it can happen, whatever he speaks through me. And I have the moxie to speak it out, believe it, and start traveling and start doing it. Here's where we've been. We've been in the cave of Adullam. Cave of Adullam. Adullam, Adullam, I got to tell him. But anyway, David went in there because he got kicked out. He didn't fit in the world. I remember you last year. You came up to a altar call, and it was a hard message. Some people got mad and left the church. But some people got it, and they came up forward. And you were one of them. And ever since that day, I've watched you take off like an eagle, praying ministry and you you're just a little quieter but you got the same eagle thing you know what I mean because you saw a door and you opened it that's all God wants he doesn't want perfect people always doing the right thing if he wanted people saying the right thing I'd be gone he just wants you when he opens the door to go through it I'm nothing any of you know my past I, I was nothing I was evil, and I am what I am by the grace of God, period. David came out of the world, and under persecution, he ended up in a cave of Adullam. He was at the end of his rope, and that's where some of you have been, end of your rope. You've tried to put on the face and tried to pray through it and read your Bible, but there's been things you've went through, and it's about killed you. And I'm saying this, in Samuel 22 David came into the cave. In Samuel 23, David came out of that cave. And if you want some homework to read, read the 23rd uh, Samuel 23, the whole chapter. Because what came out of that cave was David's mighty men. They didn't fit in the world. The world didn't appeal to them anymore. They just, they just didn't. And they joined David and they went in that cave of Adullam and they came out mighty men, men that that took a spear and killed an Egyptian, another man that killed a lion in a snowy pit, another guy planted a stake and said, I ain't moving, and killed a thousand Philistines or Egyptians or heathens. And that's what the church is about. I'm not talking about physically killing the enemy. I'm talking about putting him out. I'm talking about light chasing darkness away because the love that's in us is going to be the power that moves us. Amen? Stop judging, start journeying. 